Hey, here's my first podcast, little test run. So today, Cowboys have fired defensive line coach Jim Tomasulo. And yesterday, and I will actually today stand corrected, Mike Nolan has been fired as well. So is this a um, this kind of a wake up call for uh, Jerry to say, hey, you know what? Let me step back. Let me hire a GM and let that guy do his job. But let's just jump right into it. Mike Nolan came into a situation. And if you're a coach and you understand that you have four, three personnel, not three, four, and not even and you're forcing him to play in a five two, your best defensive lineman who happens to be uh, Demarcus Lawrence. He's used to rushing aggressive up the field, not dropping back into coverage. That's not his thing. And they didn't have any fire. You know, we, you know, we complained about Chris Richard and Rod Marinelli, but those guys held the players accountable. There was no accountability. So this is why the Cowboys were in the position that they were in. We know the injuries. We know the Dak injury, but you look at it from this standpoint. Also, you want better defensive players? Well, Dak is going to have to... He, he should take a contract that's going to get him paid. But also, keep in mind, if you want to win the Super Bowl, you have to sacrifice. You ha- you're going to have to get some guys, be able to get guys to uh, come in free, from, through free, uh, free agency and build that way as well. But we know Dallas will, you know, they'll use the draft, hopefully, they, you know, with their 10 picks, they can draft some top some really quality players that can come in immediately from the first second third maybe fourth rounds and get in there and change the culture of the team also who are they going to hire that's what i'd like to know who are they going to hire we know kellen moore is coming back on the offensive side of the ball um we have players in place on the offense we know about the three receivers we know cooper gallup and lamb and the way lamb played kind of made it really tough to kind of keep Gallup because Gallup is, you know, he can be traded. He's expendable, but you never know. You just never know with Dallas. Um, the running game, we know Zeke, Zeke fell short of a thousand yards, uh, I think 949, but that's also indicative of passing the ball 633 times. This is a team that your, your money's invested in that, that old line, 30 million, right? You have a $14 million running back run the ball. If they ran the ball a little bit more, who knows? They might be an eight and eight team. Who knows? They could have been a nine and seven team and win the division. We don't know, but back to the defense, <clears throat> there's glaring. We know there's a glaring need in the secondary. Um, we do have some bright spots in Jordan Lewis, who is an unrestricted free agent. Will, will we be able to uh, retain him? Who knows? Um, You know, we had Byron Jones last season. Well, season before last, he walked this season, got a big contract from Miami. Um, The cornerbacks, they're really not bad. You know, everyone gets on Cheeto, but Cheeto is actually a pretty good corner. He's a pretty good corner. We know know what Trayvon Diggs brought to the table. He got better as as the season progressed. Um, Donovan Wilson, that's your playmaker in the deep secondary. We got a safety. We got we got a guy who's he's a dog. Xavier Woods at free safety. Mm, 
Darian Thompson wasn't cutting it. Those two guys, it didn't, it really didn't matter. And I know we were crying about, you know, damn, why can't we sign Earl Thomas? And well, do you think Earl would have made a difference? We don't know. So right now, all we can do is sit here and wait for next season to come along. But as time goes on, I will be doing more shows and um, talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Hope you enjoy and um, let me know what you think. Good evening, everyone. So here's another episode of Mr. Man, the Dallas Cowboy fan. So as you all know, the Cowboys have recently hired Dan Quinn and Joe Witt Jr. Um, I know a lot of people are really on the fence about the uh, Dan Quinn hiring because of, well, hey, we know you blew a 28 to three lead in the Super Bowl when you're the head coach of the Falcons. And that's been really the albatross around his neck. So him coming in, we know he runs a 4-3 scheme. And um, I know a lot of people are hesitant because, like I said, it's that whole the whole thing with the uh, losing of the Super Bowl. Then earlier in the season, they lost to the Cowboys on that special teams play. So, but let's just dig a little deeper into this. He's not a bad defensive coordinator. Head coach, no. DC, yes. And we know what he had in Seattle those two seasons. You got to look back at it like this. You know, they were the top-rated defense across the board for 2013 and 2014. They made back-to-back trips to the Super Bowl, winning one, losing one. Um, And we also know that in Dallas, there is no Richard Sherman. There is no K.J. Wright, no Malcolm Smith, a Super Bowl MVP for the Seahawks, and no Bobby Wagner. We also know there's no Cam Chancellor, no Earl Thomas, no Richard Sherman, no Michael Bennett, who we had last season. And that really wasn't the, you know, eh, it was okay. So moving forward with this, let's just really look at what we have on the roster. We have some guys who this past season, well, hey, they showed up and they showed out. Donovan Wilson being one of them. So you look at the Donovan Wilson situation um, last year. Chris Richard was there along with Rod Marinelli and Donovan Wilson couldn't get on the field in the preseason. He showed out and a lot of people, it's only preseason, but the kid had an opportunity and he showed out and he would, he flashed what he could be the potential. So this season, he, when he got the chance to start, what did he do? He showed the hell out. He went out there and he balled out getting interceptions timely hits, fumble, you know, forced fumbles, thing, all those type of things that you want. We haven't had a really great safety since Darren Woodson. Let's just face it. We haven't had any great corners really since, well, Dion, and we can say Kevin Smith. I know people, Kevin Smith wasn't great. No, Kevin Smith was a solid player. Let's not sleep on that. But when you look at the Dallas defense this year, the big problem was, Mike Nolan trying to install a new system during a pandemic and you're doing it via Zoom. So I don't I wasn't expecting big results and I wasn't a Mike Nolan fan. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. I just was never a fan of Mike Nolan when he was the head coach of San Francisco, the D.C. and Baltimore. And, you know, Mike Nolan had Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. 
those two guys can really make some things happen on the defense and for a defense and makes life easier on the coordinator. Um, also, you look at the hiring of uh, Dan Quinn and Joe Witt. I think Dan Quinn was a hire by Jerry and Steven or Steven and Jerry, no matter how you want to twist it, whatever. I also think that they, hey, they said, hey, we got our guy. We'll let you have your guy in Joe Witt. Now, Joe Witt was in Carolina last season, and um, he was part of a really solid defense. Well, as far as coaching goes, they Carolina was a solid defense. They weren't, you know, they weren't spectacular, but they could make some stops, and they were also able to force some turnovers. So you look at our personnel. We have some guys in our secondary who are free agents. Cheeto and Jordan Lewis. Now, Cheeto to me is a guy that I can say you can bring him back, but it has to be a team-friendly deal because you really can't pay a guy a ton of money who really hasn't been on the field. He's been in the training room more than he's been on the field, but I will say when he's on the field, he does play. He plays pretty good. Um, Jordan Lewis, a.k.a. the ball god, he is a guy that if, if we go back to the Chris Richard days in Dallas, he really didn't want him on the field because, let's face it, Chris Richard, along, hey, even Dan Quinn, they like their corners tall and rangy and in that 190 to 200-pound range. Uh, and Jordan Lewis is about 5'10", not 6 feet, not 6 foot 1, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm beginning to wonder now, how a guy is going to adjust to this system. They're, they're, they've already played the 4-3 before, cover 3 with Chris Richard. That's essentially what Dan Quinn runs. So, looking at our secondary, can we get can we shop jo- um, Xavier Woods? I believe we can. We have to start getting players in there who got that dog. And under Dan Quinn, in Atlanta, I don't think he really had a lot of dogs. So, when you don't have those dogs, those guys who are just hungry, it makes a difference. And Jalen Smith is a guy that's, you know, is really a no-brainer. Either take the pay cut or get released. And I'm thinking that Dallas might not release him. I think he, if he does, well, they may release him if he doesn't take the pay cut. But if he takes the pay cut, I think he becomes a better player, meaning that I think he gets coached. He's going to have some good coaching there. Now going into going back into the hiring of Dan Quinn, I've you know I read a few things where people were like, why didn't we uh, look at Maurice Lindquist, who's currently on the staff? He worked with the DBs and uh, George Edwards, who was once in Minnesota as a coordinator, and now he's a linebacker coach. And I personally believe that Jerry and Steven wanted to make a big splash and get a big name. And they did. They got Dan Quinn. So can Dallas really be a team this coming season? Hopefully that, you know, they're able to have a regular offseason. And if they do, will that really allow them to get at, get uh, get acquainted with the system and the nuances? And hopefully we can see Jalen Smith play some disciplined football. Van Der Esch and Smith two guys who last season were two of the highest uh, rated linebackers. They dropped off. It was a precipitous drop off, really bad. And 
we saw we you know we saw the Monday night game against Baltimore where we saw um it was Monday night or Sunday night. I know it was a night game. Um where we saw the Ravens run up and down the field on the Cowboys. And the D-line is a glaring. That's a that's another eye saw other than besides the linebackers. Um it's funny how when Neville Gallimore came in, he started making plays. And people were saying to me, you know, Demarcus Lawrence ain't really worth the money. Put the tape on and watch that man kill the run. He gets quarterback pressures. He may not always get a sack, but he gets the QB pressures that you that's something that's important. Alden Smith, he he wasn't washed up. Five years of rust. He ran out of gas towards the end of the season. He was good, you know, he was in good enough shape to get through the games, but you need that that little extra something to get you, you know to get through the rest of the season. Then we saw a spark on the defense when uh, Randy Gregory came back from suspension. And we know, hey, look, we always knew the guy had the talent. We understood his you know his situation with his addiction. He worked hard on that. He battled that along with Alden Smith. And we have two guys who can really come in and change the game. And once again, everybody loved Antoine Woods. But this season, what happened? He was non-existent. I know some of it has to do with the scheme that Mike Nolan was uh, putting into place. They're not a guy, They're not a team that's going to run a five-two. Not mm-mm, just not happening. And it showed. Teams were able to expose us in uh, you know especially against the run. Now I know down the stretch Dallas did play a lot better. They started to get the sacks. They started to get turnovers. And when I saw that, I said, hey, you know what? Maybe Mike Nolan might not go anywhere. Maybe Mike Nolan might say, hey, you know what? Let me switch my my thinking and my philosophy and go with this 4-3 because that's the personnel that I have. And, well, ownership said, hey, bye, Mike. We're 31st in the league in defense, and we gave up 473 points. So let me jump over to the offensive side of things. Um, I know a lot of people thought Kellen Moore was going to take that Boise State job. And um, I thought so, too. But, you know, from what I read, one story said he changed his mind. Another story said Boise wanted to go another way. But Kellen Moore, if he has to understand you, if you're going to you're going to coach in this league, you have to get into a rhythm with the play calling. Just like in basketball, you get a good jump. You get a guy who's really good at scoring. He gets into a rhythm. We know what happens. He can put a, it, it, it can be lights out. So when you invest all your money into, well, a good portion of your money into your running back and your offensive line, what happened? What happened to running the ball? This is the team that passed the ball for 633 times. Think about that. You have a back that's the highest paid back in the league, right? Run him. We saw him against Philly the the, um, the second game against Philly this season. He didn't score any touchdowns, but he went over 100 yards. That's Zeke Elliott. And he showed us those shades of rookie Zeke, you know, shrugging guys off, running with power. Um, and I figured after Dak went down, they probably were going to rally around Zeke, and they didn't. They went pat. They just became a pass-happy team. And that like that makes me think that with the uh, 
with the emergence of C.D. Lamb, what a rookie season he had um, playing out of the slot, that Michael Gallup could be expendable. And if he's expendable, um, well, do you trade him? I mean, well, do you try to trade him or do you keep him around for another season to hope that his production goes up? But Cowboy fans, let's be realistic. Having three 1,000-yard receivers is cool. Yep, it's really great. But let's be honest. That means you're not running the ball enough. That means you're throwing the ball quite a bit. And speaking of passing the ball, the guy that we all love, and I know I, I, hey, I love, I love Dak. From what I've been reading, asking price per season thirty nine and a half million dollars, and I know a lot of people are like, oh hell no, 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 no. But look, let's face facts. If we had Dak in here this season, I don't think this is a six and ten team. I think this is a nine and seven team, and I say that because. You can only ask your offense to carry you but so much. You need your defense to step up and make stops when needed so that way your offense doesn't have to go back out there and keep putting up the points. Um, We watched the evolution of Dak Prescott from 2016 up until this season right before the injury. And we've seen a guy really go from that kid we saw at Mississippi State that played in the shotgun, did a lot of read options, to a guy that became a 3,000, 4,000-yard passer, um, you know, throwing for 30 touchdowns, if I'm correct, last season. So we have to, you know, we have to get Dak back in because we're not, we're not going to win with Andy Dalton at the helm. Just not. Dak brings a different dimension. There were a few times I watched games this season where I saw Andy, you know, trying to scramble, but that's not his game. That's not what he's about. The other thing is, you know, we got to get some guys who got some damn heart. We got to get guys in there who want to play. When Dalton got his head damn near taken off by uh, by Bostic in that Redskins game, they should have been fighting. Because I know if that was Mark Colombo out there, or Eric Williams, Nate Newton, I know it's the Great Wall of Dallas. Those guys aren't walking through the doors. But the point I'm making is um, there would have been a fight. They would have stood up for their quarterback. And we need those dogs. We really need those dogs who are going to go out there and bust some ass. Pardon my French. But we got to get some guys out there that really want to play. So... As the season as the season approaches, you know this next this next season coming up, we're gonna have to build through the draft and most definitely free agency. And the thing is with free agency is we as fans we want to go for the you know we want the guys who are gonna come in and make an impact. But we also know money talks and BS runs the marathon, so. It's about show me the money and I'll come and I'll show out maybe. And I know that's probably one of the things that Dallas was looking at as far as Earl Thomas was concerned. I know that they could have easily, easily signed him at any point in time during the season. But there's something there that made them back away. Who knows? 
And in order for Dallas to be up there with um, the, the Green Bay Packers, the Chiefs, and, you know, so on and so forth, and now we can say the Buffalo Bills, the Cleveland Browns, um, you know, to be in that, just to be mentioned, they have to really get back to those those days that a lot of Cowboy fans hold on to, those Jimmy Johnson days. And we don't know if Mike McCarthy has that in them to say, hey, you know what, get out. Get cut. Bye. And um, as we all know, we know we point the finger at Jerry. And we know Jerry's the GM. Jerry makes the moves. And Steven makes the moves as well. So I'm thinking, and my, here's my train of thought with this. Looking back at, at what just transpired like um, yesterday with Dan Quinn, I think they looked at it, hey, look, head coach, you're not the best. Coordinator, yeah, you can hold your own and then some. And you got to think about this too, right? Cam Chancellor wasn't a first-round pick. Cam in, at, in college at Virginia Tech wasn't really known for being a ball hawk. He was an intimidating safety. He was going to hit you. That was a tone setter. We know that he had the first-round pick with Earl Thomas. We know that. Richard Sherman. Remember, Richard Sherman was a wide receiver at Stanford. When um, when Jim Harbaugh was there as the head coach, so he convert you know converted over to being a a corner, and we know what he's done in the NFL. But Dallas doesn't have those kind of guys on the roster. I and I think the one guy that they have at corner who I think really really stood out this year is Diggs, the rookie. And you know in the beginning it was rough, but you know the Philly game. He had those two picks, and I was like, wow, this guy's really out there. He's really balling. Then he got injured, and we know he was out for a few weeks. But when, we, when he came back into the lineup, he played really good. He played really good. And I think that's something to build on. So there are building blocks there. And I was, as I was uh, saying earlier about Jordan Lewis and Cheeto, those are two guys that I could see coming back. I hope they understand that they're not going to get $10 million because I think their uh, their market price is between 6 and 10 mil now 6 million is doable and to me Jordan Lewis could probably get some you know he, he's going to fetch a pretty penny somewhere if Dallas doesn't resign him because it's not like he's a slouch the guy can play ball and I hope Dan Quinn can have some type of influence over Steven and Jerry and say hey bring him back that's the type of guy I need because actually he's one of the few dogs that we have on this team he's not afraid to stick his nose in there and go after a running back same as Cheeto and I think I mean I think we're in I think going forward the guys have to play ball bottom line the coaches can coach but it comes down to the players executing if they know what they're supposed to do there should be no freelancing, Jalen. And I, I mean, I like Jalen. I think I think he's a good linebacker. But I don't know what the heck he was doing this season. I really don't know. But um, as you you know, and to any any of you listening, sorry if I'm fumbling and stumbling over my words. I'm a little tired here. But um, so. Anyone thinking about doing a podcast and you're not sure what app to look, what app to use? Well, if you haven't heard of Anchor, 
It's the easiest way to make a podcast. And now let me explain to you. You're going to love this one. It's free. It's free. And um, they have uh, this creation tools to uh, help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And also, you can get paid for advertising what I'm doing right now. So check this out now. You'll like this one. Now, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And um, also, it's um, everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So, download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back into this real quick. We have to get some players once again. You know, you look at the D-line. When Gerald McCoy went down in the offseason... And, you know, we know he was released. But I know Dallas earlier in the season, you know, earlier in the year was saying, hey, there's a possibility we could resign him next season. And Gerald McCoy, you know, here's a guy when he's healthy, he's very disruptive. And that's what you need on your D-line, a guy that's going to create that chaos. And that frees up the other D-tackle to go do some work. That gets the linebackers in those gaps. They can sit there and start getting tackles for losses or just a tackle for no gain. But either way, the D-line was a glaring, glaring, glaring problem because we couldn't stop anybody. We couldn't stop a nosebleed. We couldn't stop a toddler and a walker. Bottom line, we were just horrible this past season. And there were so many other things going on, too. Um... To me, like I said, when you have a running back that has gotten over a thousand yards in three of his five seasons, and he wasn't—I don't think he was used the right way. You know, I know when Mike McCarthy has had a history of you know his running backs coming out of the backfield, and I also think he's never had a running back of this caliber before. So, hopefully, this coming season. He and Kellen Moore can sit down and figure out how to utilize Zeke a little more. Because Zeke is a guy that can really put some pressure on the defense. Because you can line him up in the slot. Uh, If you go back to his combine workouts, he was running routes like a receiver. Maybe not as crisp, but he was still running the routes well enough to get himself open. So, you have to utilize the weapons that you have. I know a lot of people were like, Tony Pollard's better than Zeke. I just think Zeke had an offseason. I don't think you'll see that too often from Zeke. But Tony Pollard, to me, is a he's a good back, but he's not better than Zeke. Let's just stop. Let's stop the nonsense right there. Let's stop the nonsense right there. If we're going to move forward as a team... The things that have to be done really start at the top. We know that's Jerry, that's Steven, that's Will McClay, that's everybody in the front office. And Jerry has to stay, he has to really now take a step back and understand that the way you've been doing things for the last 30 years, like, yes, you won three Super Bowls, you won two with Jimmy Johnson, one with Barry Switzer, who won with a lot of Jimmy's talent. And then we know Barry wasn't the best coach. He just wasn't. Not really. Just wasn't the best. Let's just put it that way. And then you look at the other coaches that we've had. We know Jason Garrett was there a little too long. Wade Phillips was good. 
Jason cut his throat. And, you know, I felt like there was enough talent there where we should have at least at least got to at least one or two NFC Championship games. We know we got screwed over by the catch, and Mike, Mike McCarthy reviewed that but wouldn't review that catch against the Giants. These are the things that kind of boggle the mind of myself, and I know a lot of other fans who follow the Cowboys. And, um, you know, as like I said, as the season progressed, I was hoping Jalen Smith would start to play like that guy that we saw prior, and he just didn't. And he was around, like, every major big play that really sealed the, sealed our fate in a lot of games. And, um, you know, once again, we're a team that's just been just not the best all the time. So, for me, I think Mike McCarthy is right now, he's not on the hot seat yet, but I think he's kind of skating on thin ice. And you got to, if you're going to go out there this season, it has to be, you have to win more than nine games. If he wins 12 games, they go 12 and four, they win the division. You got to get past the the, uh, divisional round. You got to get into that NFC championship game. You got to, there's too much talent on this team to go home early. Every freaking time you get to the playoffs, you can't be one and done. You have a talented quarterback. You have a talented running back. You have three wide receivers that can they can ball out. And hopefully when Blake Jarwin comes back, there'll be another there'll be another weapon added to the arsenal. We have to draft for the future too. Because Tyron Smith, as great as he's been, he's often injured. Connor Williams actually was our most consistent and solid lineman this year. He, you know, he still has a lot to do. He has a lot to learn. But Stick with the kid, you never know. Um, Leo Collins, hurt. Zach Martin, we know what Zach brings to the table, but he's got to be on the field too. Joe Looney, you know, I think Joe Joe's a, Joe's a guy that can play all five positions on the line. The uh, the young kid out of Wisconsin, I don't want to butcher his name, Baydez, I'm sorry if I butchered it, but when he was healthy, he was a, he was solid. There's a future replacement. That's the future. That is the future at center. Travis Frederick, we know he retired. So it's time to start really stockpiling some linemen because if the if the injuries mount up like they have in the past, and we've seen what's happened, you got to have those guys, those guys who can replace the A plus guys. If they're a B, if they're a B minus or a B plus kind of guy, you can plug plug them in and they can play right away. The, the program should run smoothly, right? Without a hitch. And, is, and the same goes on defense. You have to have adequate backups. You have to have guys that you can plug in and play, and they can either play for five or six games, or, hey, this guy's out for the season. You're the next man up. You've got to go out there and have that and go out there and be able to have that kind of personnel to go do that. But they also, the players also need to have that mentality that, hey, it's our time. It's my time. I'm in here. I'm going to kill it. We'll worry about the contract later. So I hope you all enjoy this. Um, I'll be back in a few days. We'll talk a little more about the Cowboys. And um, everyone have a good night. And see you the next time. Good evening, friends. And I'm back with another episode about 
are Dallas Cowboys. <clears throat> Excuse me. So offseason for us has officially started and um, we know the draft will be about us. We'll be coming around soon, I should say. So every year. It's, you know, when it comes down to Dallas drafting, we it's either hit or miss. And we have a scouting department that's really not bad. But the problem is. It's the GM. We know we know it's the GM. So. The thing is with Jerry, and it has been and will continue to be, he will always want to be in the spotlight. Ever since he and Jimmy had the big breakup, and we know Jimmy really created that team in the 90s. It was his, you know, it was his brain trust and his vision, and also knowing the landscape of the college scene back then because he was coming out of the college ranks as a coach from the University of Miami. So, with all that being said, when the draft is a is like is going on, I've always felt like you should let your scouting department and your GM make the pick, not the head coach, not the owner, but the but the uh, scouting department. And I say that because they're seeing the players up up close and in person. You know, the GMs will show up at the combine. They'll sit there and watch and all that stuff and. We know the uh, scouts are right down there looking and timing and all that, doing all the measurements, so on and so forth. So with that being said, if they're down there in those rooms and they're interviewing guys, why not let them make the pick? So when Dallas drafts players, when they draft a player, the fan base is always, we want this guy, we want that guy. And they end up getting someone that we never thought about getting until maybe the second or third round. Prime example, Travis Frederick, you know, and Baird was to me, I think he was the best center we've had in a long time in Dallas. And he really, you know, he played well until he got sick. And then I was glad to see him come back last season. And, you know, he gave it his all, but also understanding, hey, got to bow out. He had a serious illness and COVID happened. So it's understandable. And um, I think there should really be a shakeup within the front offices right before the draft. Because I think sometimes when the Cowboys have been drafting, they just, you know, they, I think sometimes they haven't done all their, their due diligence as far as looking at a player, you know, kicking the tires, doing all that stuff, taking it out for a test drive. And I think this time around, they did that a little bit in the sense of when they got Diggs, they were all impressed with them. And Diggs already had kind of that... um that pedigree so much so you know because his brother is Stefan Diggs so you get to go up against a professional athlete in in the offseason and other wide receivers so you get a you know you, you kind of come in with that 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 mentality of like hey I can handle this so you look back at our draft from last year we know about Lamb and Diggs and uh, Reggie Robinson I was I was hoping he would be able to uh, get on the field and I think that's the thing where our coaching staff at times, they don't put players on the field to develop. And we saw that with Chris Richard in regards to Donovan Wilson. I would say that Will McClay, who's the head of scouting, has a good eye for talent. And at a certain point, you go out and draft these guys. They shouldn't be sitting on the bench. If you're winning a game by 17 to 24 points, it's garbage time. 
Let them get out there. Let them get a little taste of what it's like to play because that's how you develop players. So you never know. That guy who you picked in the seventh round, if he makes the roster, hey, throw him in the game. Let him get a little taste of action. Sometimes I think we often, as football fans, you know, we want we want these guys to come out there and play as if it's Madden. And, it's, and this is real-life football. This ain't video game football. And I love to see a guy develop. I love to see the guy make the mistakes, see if he learned from the mistakes. And that's a part of football. It's also a part of life. I think as we go forward, forward into the offseason, I'm praying that they get this deal done for Dak because each day the number's going up. It's getting higher and higher. And... Don't get me wrong, we're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence or uh, or the kid from Ohio State. We're not going to get him. We're not going to get Mac Jones either. So, to me, and I'm not saying I want Dak out. I, I want Dak to stay in Dallas. But this is one of these situations where, and pardon me if I'm jumping all over the place, thoughts are a little, little bit jumbled. But when you take a look at where we've how we've drafted in the past. 2016, we took Zeke. We could have had Jalen Ramsey. But hey, it is what it is. We felt like getting a running back of his caliber was going to benefit us. And it did. You know, it did. He he had an offseason this past season. But I think I think Zeke will be back on track and sit and we'll sit there and say, hey, that's why he's that number one pick for us in the first round in 2016. Um, you take a look at Dak, fourth round. Need I say more? He's outperformed his contract and um, time to get him paid. But then, like I said, you go back into the draft as it is. Bradley Ani from um, Utah, University of Utah. This guy was a pass rushing specialist, if you ask me. And he did it. And from putting on the tape, watching him play, he could get to the quarterback. Here in Dallas, uh, I don't think he even saw the field this past season. This is what I mean with this coaching staff. At a certain point, you can't, you know, if I'm Jerry Jones, forget being in spotlight, forget doing a radio show, get down there, talk to your coaches, ask, hey, look, this is my money. This is me. This is my this is my baby. This is my brain trust. This is my child. What is going on here with this player? Why isn't he on the field? Is it uh, practice habits? Not, you know, not watching enough film. Is there something missing? Is there something that we can coaching coach him up on? Let's get at it. Let's find out. Because, you know, we, you put on the tape and you watch these guys in college, they sh- they're they showing you that they have the instincts and the uh, wear-it-all to be able to play in the pros. So, we, so at a certain point, as the fan, as a fan of the game, as a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, I would love to see them get back to the Super Bowl. You know, I can't sit there and say that, I you know, that I'll get a little little envious and at times a little jealous because I see these other teams getting to the Super Bowl and knowing that the Cowboys have the talent to be there kind of just ticks me off a little bit but to the Cowboy fans who who love to talk about hey well we had those three in the 90s we won three in the 90s yes the 90s they've come and they've gone they have come and they have they have gone Yes, we loved it. We loved the 92-3, the 92 team, the 93 team, and the 95 team. But after that, it's been really, it has really been mediocre football. 
maybe a few seasons here and there where we won 13 and 3, won the division, but got beaten in the divisional round. And we watched the Giants go right on to the Super Bowl and pull off the biggest upset. Um, we know we've been snake bitten by uh, by the uh, the catch, not catch in Green Bay. You know, we got beat up by the Rams because there was no adjustments on the defensive line. So opportunities have been there and we just have kind of squandered them. And I think at a certain point, I said it in the last episode, you got to find those dogs. You got to find those dogs who go out there and just hunt, 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 hunt. And they, all they want to do is hunt and just eat, eat, eat. We don't have that. We don't always have that. We have a few guys on the team who are like that, but not too many. So with this upcoming draft, would I like to see them get Patrick Sertain and to shore up that secondary? Yes. Would I like to see them go into free agency and get themselves a... Uh, a good safety, a free safety, who we know we can plug them in and play them? Yes. Well, i like to see us draft for depth and uh, pick up free agencies for that, for that very same purpose? Yes. So, hopefully, hopefully we have a, we, we get back to some form of normalcy that we knew before and we can see the defense, you know, the, you know, the scheme be be uh in, pardon me just you know be put into place get the right players in there and hopefully we can turn this def well we can see this defense turn around from 31st to at least at least 11th maybe 10 if they can become a top 10 defense then this team really has a chance of getting far into the playoffs and the coaching aspect of it you take a look at what happened down there in uh in Washington Ron Rivera coached that that squad to a 7-9 record. They won the division. The NFC least. Yes, that's what that's what it is, and it should be called that rightfully. Because all, all the teams in there were playing some crappy football. But what separated the Redskins from everybody else in that division was coaching. Ron Rivera is a guy who went to a Super Bowl with the uh, Carolina Panthers a few years ago. Cam Newton was the MV, MVP that season. And they won. I mean, they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they, they played their butts off and they got there. A lot of that had to do with coaching. And that's what I look at Dallas. You know, Mike McCarthy, at times, I'm like, dude, that Giants game, throw the challenge flag. That wasn't a catch. If, if you challenge that, that changes the outcome of the game. So hopefully Dan Quinn can come in along with Joe Witt. And the, uh, and the rest of that staff, and they can turn that team around. So, <laughs> like I said, hopefully, hopefully. Time to bring in some players for a cup of coffee, sit down, kick the tires, see, you know, see where their head's at. Hey, if, they, if, it's, all, if it's all in a good place, sign them, and hopefully it all works out. And um, we're going to take a little break right now. And um, so if you're thinking about doing a podcast and you're not sure where to go, well, come to Anchor. It's a free it's a free app. Let's get that. Let's get that right out the way. It's free. And um, they have uh, creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And also Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and many more platforms. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in this one place. 
Also, download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's how I got started, and that's how I'm doing this podcast for y'all. So, before I go and in closing, moving forward, there are some other things we got to take care of before the draft. And I know you can officially start talking contracts and things of that nature. So, we know Dak is a priority. We watch this team, and I said it before, and I'll say it again. I'll say it again. Dak doesn't get hurt. I really think this is this could be this could have been a ten and six season. Just my opinion. I may be wrong, but even eight and eight would have won won this division. There has to be some changes with the play calling. Um, you look at, and I'm going to say this: you look at the Eagles. They're they're interviewing every possible candidate out there from ROC, Kellen Moore, Josh McDaniels. They're going after everybody that they think is going to uh, change their whole, change everything. And um, Dallas is going to have to start catching up with everybody. You know, seriously, you look at, you look at the last uh, 14 years, the Giants have won two Super Bowls. The Eagles have won a Super Bowl. Well, we know the Redskins haven't really won much. And Dallas, they've had good, they've had good teams, winning records, uh, a playoff appearance here and there, but no Super Bowl appearance. And that's what, you know, because you look at the teams that I mentioned, they have ownership and they have a GM. And the thing for me is, the owner cannot be the GM. Sign the checks, sit in that luxury box, watch the game. I'm telling you, if you actually took the G, took you no, know, just took the chance and said, "Hey, Will McClay, well, I'm going to dub you the GM." I bet you this team will start winning because here's a guy who knows how to go out there and make some things happen. So that's all my time for you good you good folks tonight. Um, have a great weekend, and I'll be back next week. Have a great night.